From Holy Trinity Church in Inwood, New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where I meet the musicians, writers, theater makers, filmmakers, and artists of all stripes that make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome, I'll say, musical theater artist and filmmaker, Hien Drachman. Uh, Hien is a Israeli-American, award-winning actress and filmmaker based in New York City. She was a film and TV major in high school in Israel, specializing in script writing, producing, and editing, and became a permanent resident through an application of excellence in the field of production. Her acting credits include Last Week Tonight, and The Path, starring Aaron Paul. Hien's first film, The Book of Ruth, starring Tony and Emmy Award nominee Tova Fetchold, has been in numerous festivals in the U.S. and abroad, including Cinequest Film Festival, the Chelsea Film Festival, Vancouver International Film Festival, and many others. The film won Best Narrative Short at the San Diego Jewish Film Festival, Best Family Short at Deep in the Heart Film Festival, and Best Narrative Short at the South Dakota Film Festival. Since it's included its run in the circuit, it has more than 125,000 views online through the platform Amaletto. Her second film, But I'm a Shoe, starring the legend of Cora's Janet Varney, won Best Script at the Scene Film Festival and is set to premiere in late 2023. We're going to talk to her about her work and so much more. But first, let me welcome you, Hen, to Inwood Artworks On Air. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I think I should add that a musical theater artist is generous. I haven't done it in a very long time. <laughs> and The Book of Ruth, of course, also screened at uh, the Inwood uh, Film Festival. The Inwood Film Most Festival. Most importantly. Oh, bless you for saying that. The reason why I threw in the musical theater thing, we were talking <laughs> off camera before and we were just saying that. That was her first love. That was her in, right? Well, that was what I came to New York to study, yeah. Yeah, so that was your in. And then, mm-hmm. you know, blossomed into, um, I'll say this, what I really appreciate about you is not just your work, but how you do your work. You and I share a lot in common, I feel, wearing multiple hats. Um, I, I, started, I also came to New York as an actor. Mm-hmm. Not musical theater, but I did musical theater. Mm-hmm. I was an actor who could sing and move and blah, blah, blah. Um, but... Uh, you know, but you then you find your way behind the camera to direct or on stage to uh, act or you sew costumes and then you, you know, put together a storyboard and you write a play or you write a screenplay. But, you know, we do these things and just like the Book of Ruth, for instance, um, you know, you starred in it, you produced it, you made it happen. And like in what artworks, same thing with me, although I don't star in it, I'm hosting, but you're the star of this show. And, um, well, you know, you. the point is that I really appreciate your work ethic and the do-it-yourself culture. Like it's, you know, there's dreamers and there's doers and you happen to be both, which I think is pretty remarkable. Thank you. I appreciate it. And also we should probably note that there's sometimes no choice, but to wear all these hats, it's not always by choice. It's a budget but, sometimes yeah. and yeah. or resources, yeah. or you're looking in the mirror and there's no one else in the mirror, but you, <laughs> and uh, yeah. that becomes the thing to do. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, a mentor of mine from undergrad, you know, said something to all of us, uh, you know, in the sense of saying like, you know, you need to create the work you want to see. Mm-hmm. No one's going to do it for you. Yeah. You may be lucky to work with like-minded people and create something you'll be proud of, of course, but you, it's up to you to create the work and do the work you want to see, and I think you're doing that. Yeah, it's also uh, a vehicle to put myself into things I want to be in right. by creating them, so yeah. yeah. That's what we do. You write for yourself so well. Can you say? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because it helps knowing myself, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, a lot of people will tell you what they give people. 
they give themselves more than they can chew on sometimes mm-hmm. too. And that's also something as well. I've directed myself theater way back when, Summerstock days. And I remember being in a show I directed. I mean, it's such, I mean, you can, you, you, you're, you're, your time is always divided. Like your yeah. mind is always, whether you can shut it off or not, mm-hmm. you're still focusing on the big picture yeah. when you're in a scene yeah. or whatever else. So it's very difficult. It's, it's really hard to make sure none of these, uh, let's call them fronts, suffers. Yeah. Um, th- that was something that was one of my biggest lessons moving from uh, filming uh, The Book of Ruth to filming But I'm a Shoe. Was essentially, I wanted to get there on the day and not worry about logistics. Granted, I am me, so it was impossible, but mm-hmm. I felt way more free to focus on the things that I had to do. Because you're not an I'm in a show, right? You're not in the I, I Well, originally I wrote it for myself again, mm-hmm. and then I was like, wait a minute, I actually know and really like my favorite voice actress. So I was like, yeah, I think uh, I will put myself aside for the sake of the greater good, which is the movie, the, the child, the yeah. artistic child. And, um, and I still have a small role, um, but, you know, we shot for two days. And the first day, which was the trickiest one because we were at the airport in uh, Waco, um, I, I had no acting to do, which was a really great blessing for the yeah. sake of uh, the directing. Yeah. yeah. Before we talk about going down to Waco and filming everything, how did you get to Inwood? You know, I've been, well, technically speaking, Washington Heights, as you know, Washington Upper Heights. Manhattan, yes. Upper Manhattan. And it's very funny. You make the differentiation. There's some people who don't. They think it's one mm-hmm. neighborhood. And I think it's generally like the people, or it's like that's yeah. the neighborhood, but there are different neighborhoods for different reasons, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, I, there is a similarity in vibe, I would like to say, which yeah. there is a connecting element, I think. Um, but you're my uh, friends from up north, we shall say. Yes, um, above the wall. Above the wall, yes. And, uh, you know, I've been in Washington Heights for over nine years at this point. So, you know, when I just got to New York, I was at the dorms. And then I left the dorms but stayed close to my school. I was also working at my school at the time. And when the time came to move for financial reasons, we looked. Oh, my God. All the, you want to take us all the way up to Washington Heights? <laughs> it's the end of the world. And, and I, it really felt that way back then. But also, I think New York felt bigger because I yeah. was in New York for way less time. At, at the time, I was in New York probably for two, two and a half years, three yeah. years. Um, now I've been here for 13 years. So at this point, I'm like, you know, I can't believe like looking back, thinking Washington Heights was so far. Of course, if, if you're like if you want to go to Brooklyn or to JFK, sure. But. I try to avoid going to JFK if I can. So, you know. <laughs> Particularly from Washington Heights. I totally yeah. get it. No, it is convenient. I will say it is convenient. But Yeah, just yeah. an A-train right away. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're happy you're here. And, uh, and yes, we were very happy to have the Book of Ruth in the Inwood Film Festival this year. Uh, very well received. And, um, you know, uh, can you tell us about the idea, where, the, where it came from, and how the screenplay evolved? Sure. And I was delighted to be, because, you know, we talked about it. By the time it, it uh, screened at the festival, it's already been out of the circuit yeah. for a few months. So it became like been a online. special exhibition. Yeah. And I was totally fine with not being in competition. It was great to get familiar with the community here. I, you know, you and I met relatively recently. I assume yeah, this maybe about a year been, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was surprised and delighted and also ashamed I had no idea. Um, no, true. So, you know. Uh, I have that effect on people. Sorry. You know, just walk by. Well, it, it's great. Continue. It was great to find out that there's such an artistic community in the back, the backyard, essentially. So, yeah. Um, yeah so with, with the Book of Ruth, 
Um, basically, a few years ago, and conveniently, it was around April, which is around Passover time. So it aligned perfectly with the with the premise, with the premise. <laughs> when I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Um, when I was uh, writing it. Uh, there was a study published by the Anne Frank House in Amsterdam. And of course, this, this conversation is going to be full of spoilers. I, I can't, cannot see how this could be avoided. Well, it's concluded so. its festival run. And you can actually yeah. watch. Here, everyone stop the podcast yeah. right now. Go to Amaletto and watch the Book of Ruth. Yeah. We'll see you in 20 minutes. Yes, Come back exactly. and listen to the rest of the podcast. Yes. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Welcome uh, back. Hope to you part enjoy two the film. The yes. on your um, so, to pick up from where we left off 20 minutes ago. Yes. Um, so the Anne Frank House in Amsterdam published a study that essentially said that Anne Frank uh, died at a date that was different than originally assumed. And she died from a disease, but they assumed she died, I think, March of the year that she died, when in reality they found new eyewitnesses who described the progression of the disease. So it, it's to, to reason that she actually passed away at, um, at February of that year. Um, and then... You know, the Anne Frank House is enough of a big deal that when they do report on something, uh, it gets some sort of like media coverage. Um, so there was one website, maybe it was even USA Today. I don't want to blame for no reason. But I remember there was one one media outlet that reported it and made some sort of a punctuage, punctual. Oh, my God. Punk, error in punctuation. How about that? Error in punctuation um, in the way that they wrote it, which kind of made it sound like her... Um, fate was vague obviously her fate was not vague we all know how you know how it's probably this... a clickbait article no know. it wasn't even in the title it yeah. wasn't even in the headline it was it was just you know i think someone just forgot uh a period and it changed the whole meaning of the sentence i'm like and that's how it begins you know so i was like wait a minute i mean we all know sadly what happened to her but it kind of made me think like if the what if of it all which of course it's a what if film yeah. um and I started like, even for me, I wasn't even thinking creatively. I was thinking, oh, uh, what would it take for her realistically to be a part of our world today um, and us not knowing? What could be a reasoning behind us not knowing? And then so I, I think I rever really reversed engineered the answers to these questions. She, what kind of person would she be today? I wanted someone who was very tolerant. Because I think you come out of this trauma um, and, and I spoke at length about how, you know, everybody deals differently with trauma. And of course, the Holocaust is the trauma. It is the to end all traumas, yeah, you know. Right. Um, but I think people come out of trauma sometimes very inspired, very, you know, I have been, I have been uh, feeling the uh, consequences of, of hate personally. Like I'm speaking as the character, not as myself. But And so I don't ever want to express hate like that towards anyone else so mm -hmm. that I think where tolerance will come from right. um, some people completely the opposite they experience trauma and they go and they hurt other people you know I wanted her and I believed you know the the source material let's call it is is, is our only thing to base these assumptions on yeah. so reading the journal uh, the diary and trying to think you know I think she would have grown up to be this tolerant person who still probably keeps some of her humor, you know, which is another way to deal with trauma. But I think she would have wanted to start a family. And, and so it was that. It was where would we find her in the world? What would give her um, peace? And that kind of like 
you know. And then, of course, they were touching, cer- touching on certain themes that were important to me with yeah. that. Well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the you. audiences at the Inwood Film Festival, your, your artistic community, uh, and those who are just film lovers. Uh, that's what I love about our community. Like, you have people who are just wonderful people who have regular jobs and just love cinema. Uh, and it's great to have them to be able to just to walk to something and not hop on the subway and check out great film yeah. like yours. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank and, you. Um, and also great. How did Tova come in the picture? Because let me tell you, what a great get, right? Yeah. I mean, she's a, what a, a, a wonderful person, a B, and she's like, uh, New York City audiences love her on Broadway from Golda's Balcony. Um, she's, I think she's currently in Hello, Dolly right now. She's on Funny Girl. Oh, Funny Girl. Yeah. Funny yeah. Girl. Sorry. Yeah, I meant Funny Girl. Um, haven't, haven't seen it yet. Bad, no, I have bad, not, bad screen granddaughter. Haven't well, seen it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the tickets are a little pricey. So yeah. uh, go and Julie Banco's performing, though. Julie is amazing. So I've heard. Yeah, Julie yeah. is out of sight. So, you know, go see Funny Girl. I'm sure Leah Michelle is great, but Julie Banco is so much better. Uh, so go ahead. <laughs> no um, comment. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's like, yeah. anyway. I'm no, a, but that was I'm actually the plan. Guy, so. Yeah, she's, a thir- she's on Thursdays. Yeah. She's on Thursdays and Saturday matinees, I believe. Really? Something okay. Like something yeah. like that. Anyway. But yeah, so how do you get Tova around? Um, I'm going to say something so controversial. I asked her and she said yes. That's the second time today that someone said to me, <laughs> you know what, it's a great thing. Look, I think, you know, and, and same goes with, you know, people ask me the same thing about Janet for, with uh, Badama Shu. Granted, Janet and I have, have been friendly for a few years now. Uh, still, this is a big thing to ask of a person. I think, um, I, I think people are afraid to just ask a question. Mm-hmm. And... I'm like, the worst you're going to hear is a no, and you're already assuming you're going to get a no. So obviously there's nothing to lose. Be nice about it. I also um, do think not to, <laughs> just not to be too braggy, but I do think my work is good. And I do think that an artist who, see, who gets to read, it's important, like, look, the, the people who have done everything and have been everywhere, they, they want something new. If, and I think this is why you see so many A-listers and, and famous people in independent film yeah. and more and more over the years because they are looking for the thing that they're not going to find necessarily in a studio film because we know that the studio films are targeting the masses and very mainstream. And you know, after traveling at the circuit with the Book of Ruth for two and a half years, the amount of talent that I've seen and on original thinking is, is not something you see out there in the mainstream. So I think a lot of actors, if, if, if you manage to get through the gatekeepers who are agents, unfortunately, we need them, but they're also gatekeepers. Yep. Um, and it falls into their laps and they're like, there's something new here that I haven't experienced or investigated before, explored before artistically. I think you might be surprised and get a yes. So I think that's what happened with Tova. Granted, I was also lucky with her because at the time her manager was someone who was really sweet and nice. Um, and I've worked with agents for years now in the capacity of being represented by agents, getting to agents to ask for talent for pay job, uh, asking talent for charity work. So, like, I think I've experienced relationships with agents and managers in almost every possible angle. There aren't many who are nice, <laughs> like, you know, and, and or, or maybe, you know, this is how just it sounds, how it sounds behind uh, the screen of an email or yeah. whatever. But sometimes you can read the way people write and they're just kind. And her, her, um, her manager at the time, before even asking about money, which is what most agents do, he just forwarded to her 
and she said she liked it and she would love to do it. That started a three years process of actually getting it done and we yeah. stayed in touch on and off, but you know, so huge compliment for me, yeah, obviously a big honor. Um, but you always got to ask, you just got to ask. Got to ask. Yeah. But also it goes back to what you said earlier too. It's like, I, I said this a long time ago to people. I said all the time, content is king. It's yeah. gotta be good. I mean, people do a lot of things for, I mean, you check a box, whatever reason it is, because it fits a profile of something. It's, it hits a diversity, equity, inclusion statement. Yeah. It hits, um, I don't even know what you make it up. It's like, there's, there's reasons why people write and program things going back to the gatekeeper conversation. Yeah. It's like, we need another Marvel movie. Okay. We need to keep this going guys. Yeah. What other, what other C list, um, superhero can we make a movie about now that we've already been through 30 movies like they're really dicking up people you know, now and they're, I love Marvel movies me too they it's have like, their place in the escapism is a wonderful thing yeah but um, but the originality of the content out there is yeah. amazing and we don't get to experience that unless we actively go to film festivals yeah. I think and I was going to say you know the Inwood Film Festival will be entering our seventh mm -hmm. year or in it pretty mm -hmm. much um, we're reviewing f scripts right now for our fund and then uh, submissions will open October 1st for the next festival for those of you out there who are looking to submit. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I get that all the time is that you, you said something really wonderful about, you know, the amount of like the imagination and thinking that goes along the originality, the, um, this, the, the, the ideas being presented. It's like, it allows people like yourself to just say, this is what we're thinking. This is what we're doing. And the film festivals, I won't say they're tastemakers because there's a couple that are because of their renown, like Sundance and or Austin or whatever else. Um, but there's a lot of great ones. Like I mentioned earlier before in your bio um, that are just hubs for gathering and, and being like an, an aggregate for creativity yeah um and those communities are hungry for that because mm -hmm. what you're saying is like there's only so many marvel movies people want to watch yeah. at one time yeah. uh so so let's talk about your, what so what's in the pipe what's coming up now this is this new movie so but i'm a shoe <laughs> i was just i was just i wrote a post about it yesterday about the origin story of the should i describe it it's it's ridiculous um the movie is ridiculous great um I was at the Sedona Film Festival, another highly recommended. Out in Arizona? Yeah. It's a gorgeous area. I just drove through it two months ago. Oh, my wife it. yelled at me all the way through going down the canyons on the curls oh, and all that. It's a gorgeous territory, though. And I was there with my family back in December. We also did like a 10-day trip. Yeah. And, and I was waiting to get them to Arizona because with, with Ruth, I was there two I was there twice for the Phoenix Film Festival okay. and for the Sedona Film Festival, yeah. and I just like I fell in love with this with that. St I come from a desert country, you know. I really yeah. miss the desert. Sure. Uh, granted, Israel is not just a desert country, but I. I but do Arizona's love funky about the desert, right? Because you have pine country and you have cactus country. You have multiple types of desert, yeah. which is what makes it so appealing. And then you have the red rocks and the red you know, rocks, so of course. Yeah. Sedona is absolutely gorgeous. That festival is very welcoming. Um, really great programming and. Um, but when I was there, <laughs> it was the second time in one month that I had to go to, I say West Coast slash West Coast, Coast adjacent, because I guess it's not really the coast, but it is the west of the country. Earlier that month, I was in California. I think I came back for about four days and then I had to fly out to Sedona. And the thing about Sedona is that usually you land in Phoenix and take a two hour shuttle to get there. I promise you this uh, prologue is getting somewhere. So uh, <laughs> the final night of the festival... I was packing because I had a 4 a.m. wake-up call because I had to take the two hours shuttle to get to a 9 a.m. flight, had to be there at 7. 
So as I was pecking, and mind you, at this point I'm just totally exhausted. Twice in one month to fly across the country and packing knowing that I have to wake up at 4 a.m. And just air travel is not fun. There's no leg room, there's turbulence, you're freezing in a second later, you're like sweating like crazy. And I was just like packing, I think slightly delirious potentially at this point. And I was saying, oh my God, I wish, I, I don't want to do this. I wish I could, the festival was great. It's the traveling that's the issue. And I was like, I, God, I wish I could turn myself into a small object for the duration of the flight. That would be excellent. I won't have to deal with the lack of, lack of room. I won't have to deal with like the temperature. I will be an object living my best life, you know? And then like, I call it Hen's inner voice number two jumps in and he's like, oh, that's a cute idea. What would you turn yourself into if, if you could? And I was like, oh, I think I would turn myself into like a pair of shoes so I can, like I split my consciousness between two shoes so I can step. And then Hen's inner voice number two comes up. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine getting to the TSA officer and he's like, shoes off. And you're like, but I, I'm already a shoe. And then I was just like laughing at myself and how hilarious I am packing for 4 a.m. when I wake up call. And then I'm like, wait, is there something there? Should I do something with this? And I'm like, nah, <laughs> you know. And of course, a few days later, I got home. I'm like, why is this shoe idea not letting go? So, you know, that's how this was born. We are telling a story, but I'm a shoe about a girl who turns into a shoe for the duration of a flight. Um, Janet is doing, you know, the a role of a lifetime, playing a yellow Converse shoe. Um, it does start in live action and then it turns into animation. So you we couldn't also get the to... shoe to act on cue. Could not. Ugh. The shoe was a diva. We fired her, hired Good. Janet instead. Excellent yeah. choice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Good, because shoes can always be replaced, just like actors. To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know. Right. Well, I'm glad you had your way you, with you it. You had and, to see uh, the amount of, like, the waiver in her contract, oh, in the shoes contracts. Like, I can't imagine the laces. Anyway, like, yeah. um, or lack thereof, for that matter. Well, uh, so, know, satin socks, stuff like that was crazy. Oh, so, yeah. Divas. Uh, so what's the story with this film? Where is it in its journey right now? Mid-festival, right? No, uh, no not sorry, even. It, it, your, We're in post-production. You're in post-production for We're it. Actually, well, by the time this will, I think by the time this... Uh, uh, episode will be out. We'll be just finish. We're doing a crowdfunding. Yeah, for the, yeah, that's right. You're, you're sorry. Yeah. I mean, you're mid submission process right now. You're submitting to festivals. Not right even now. because we so we wrapped um, principal photography in Waco mm-hmm. uh, in April. Okay. And since then, we've been like Andrew Dittman, our animator, was extremely talented, has been animating like crazy. While Mayan, our our live action editor, or should I say just editor, period, she's dealing with the live action bits. So we are in a pretty, I got a rough draft last night. Oh. Um, we are going to start sound editing and music, I'm hoping, in the next couple of weeks. So we're like, you know, like, let's say three quarters through post. Yeah. So the funds are actually raising right now are specifically for post. But the film is, is like... Almost done. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll strategize festivals. So what's a budget for a film like this? A two-day shoot, right? You yeah. said in Sedona. So travel's involved. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You, uh, no, in Waco. Sorry, Waco. Yeah. Waco. I meant to say that. Look, the pros and the cons. There's yeah. a reason we went to Waco. Um, I can tell you that the Book of Ruth was about 30000 And what people never think about is, of course, festival submission. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, we spent $30,000. Oh, and then thousand. I spent the next two years giving a third of my annual income on festival yes. submissions. <laughs> you yes. know? Um, with, um, shoe, we started with 12 K 
Mm-hmm. It was enough for principal photography and for a chunk of the animation. Of course, now we're trying to raise anything between five and eight more to really finish it on our terms. Um, Waco was great, but Waco was actually, I think, um, cost effective. And uh, the reason we went to Waco is because there's a great, great community there. Uh, Baylor University Let's has say Baylor's down there. Yeah, yeah, Baylor's there, and their their film department is incredible. Like the talent emerging from that department is incredible. Um, this is the home of uh, Deep in the Heart Film Festival. Currently changing their names to I think Waco Independent Film Festival. Okay. One of my favorite festivals too, which I recommend to everyone. They're great hosts. Programming is great. It's a fun festival. It's a fun community. I know Waco has a weird rep. Let's call it that way. Yeah. Uh, even though all the cult stuff did not actually happen in Waco, but it's I think, close enough. Yeah. To get, I mean, the title Waco Wacko. It's kind of yeah. like you know, crazy people. Look, I, uh, get, I get it. Downtown Waco with their murals and their great yeah. food and artistic community. Uh, they're doing really great stuff there. And yeah. uh, I've been in their festivals two years in a row. One with Ruth, which it, it won an award that year. The following year, I was there with Baramashu because when you get accepted with a script, they they let a local theater company do a live read, which is excellent, and not many festivals do that. So um, that was a lot of fun, and actually going there and doing their filmmaker tour, which they do every year for the festival guests. And I'm like, hey, I was talking to Louis, he's the director of the festival. I'm like, what's the situation in your airport? Because no matter what I was thinking, I'm like, JFK... Can you imagine doing it in, in any airport that is within the New York metropolitan area? No. Exactly. Waco has an airport that has two gates. Um, they were delighted to have us because, <laughs> because nobody ever filmed there. Right. Um, they were so easy to work with. We did not pay. So we got that location. That's amazing. Know. And I, one of the great friends that I made two years in a row coming to Waco, she owns two rentals, so she helped us. Not, not free, she should get paid, but she was definitely considerate. Um, so all in all, you know, and a lot of the Baylor guys, they did volunteer they, their time because they're building their portfolios, which I'm not a fan of. Um, and I'm always like, if we have anything left at the end, right. you know. Um, but also people did want to work with Janet, which I totally understand. That's a get. I, of course, waived every, no director, nothing, just yeah. just the SAG, you know, minimum. Whatever. Going back to our earlier conversation. <laughs> yes, of course. Blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you really want to, this is what people don't understand. I think today they think like the things that even, even to make an indie film, yeah. even without like an, uh, a name actor, it's, it's, it's so hard. Like every movie that makes it is a miracle. So in order to allow for 12K, we needed locations that either will not charge us or not charge us a lot. Right. I knew that I wanted local people. I wasn't going to fly anyone else in. Um, so I think we got really lucky. And part of it is because we've been embraced by um, a community. And, and very much like the Inwood Film Festival, they also launched a fund. And nowadays the, the script that wins first place, which we did not, not bitter about it, but you know, but the, the script that does, they get a fund to come and film in Waco and use some local That's cool. uh, means. Yeah. So, and I always love the festivals that are more community yeah. um, oriented, very yeah. much like Inwood. The best festivals that I've been to are ones where the community itself, not necessarily a big city, but the community itself in that town city mm-hmm. is very, very committed to filmmaking and just love of movies, you know? Well, thank you for sharing. That. I, I bet a lot of filmmakers' ears were perking hearing about your process, and mm-hmm. you know, a couple things you highlighted too is like 
you know, it is a passion project for you, but you're treating everyone else with the utmost respect, professionalism, and, you know, and finding those free locations. And uh, I've, I'm working on three different films right now just on the side for fun, you know, because, yeah. you know, I don't, I barely anything to do with my life, uh, yeah. my time. And um, I tell you what, it is, you know, if, we, if you, you can keep the venue overhead low, it keeps everything low. Uh, but that, that airport is such a get on your part and, uh, and having that relationship with the festival and track record of being, I bet you couldn't just walk into Waco and do it. The fact you've had success down there, it's really helpful. And, uh, now I want to come to the festival down there. Now I'm excited. I'm always, I'm always interested in hearing how, what other people love about other people's festivals. Cause you know, I only create a festival and run a festival how I would run a festival. So it's just my thing. I always Um, like when I meet cool directors of festivals, like, oh, you guys should really like, there should be like some sort of like I a wish. Like brainstorming, I, yeah. you know? I would like to, I never meet any directors of any other festivals. I know um, people in Jim Thorpe out there. And I know a few others who are doing things out there, but no, there's, there's no hang ever because we're all just so crazy trying to keep yeah. ours alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and for you guys and to your thing. Of course. Um, but uh, that's a great idea though. We should try to have Come like down a, to Waco. I would love that actually. Yeah. I really, really would love that. And Baylor is a great place. And mm-hmm. funny thing is a friend of ours who did... Um, our production of um, uh, Alexa at our Culture Hub. Uh, she's graduating from Baylor, and she's doing a mural downtown right now. If you're at Baylor, Ooh. actually, like this as uh-huh. we speak, I saw her posting about it this morning. So that's kind of fun, being yeah. full circle. Um, so, um, so what? What are the? Um, you know, you, you're so so transparent. All this stuff. So you talk about using SAG after too. Everyone look at her shirt. If you didn't notice, it's the SAG after strong shirt. Right also, now we're on strike. We're on strike. I'm also a SAG after member. Very proud to say. And, um, you know, how is that affecting, um, you know, and so, you, so everyone knows too, is that you can still create independent films on a SAG ultra low budget. There's a, there's the it's waivers, a specific, there's the specific yeah. program. So short films can be made right now and, and you, and yes, you can pay people, uh, and you should. Uh, so there are, um, contracts on SAG and there are also obviously SAG people like your news people are working and they're all SAG after, um, as well. Uh, radio hosts are all SAG after mm-hmm. as well. So there are a lot of parts of SAG after still working. It's the negotiations with the American uh, MTP, the, the MTP. Producers Association, and uh, of course the Writers Guild as well with that. So we're talking, yes, the gatekeeper conversation too. But I've, <laughs> Different what, kind of gatekeepers. Give it to gatekeeper. So my question to you is, um, I, and I fully expect, I mean, you don't have a crystal ball, I don't have a crystal ball. We don't know how long this is going to go on. I think it's going to go to like, at least in October, November, um, but because uh, the streaming issues are huge, and so are the residual issues, yeah. um, and AI, of course, is that at, throw that in for good measure. Uh, <laughs> why not? We know makes it makes things more complicated. Um, so, how do you think it, uh, it's going to affect the independent filmmaking community? As, you, as we talked about earlier, it's like we yeah. want people to do it yourself first, and so guess what? The people like I don't know, you name. Uh, I'm not saying Matt Damon, but I'll say whoever else is out there, you can ask them going, hey, Matt, um, I don't know what you're up to these days, but uh, we have uh, a three-day shoot in um, Waco, Texas or something right. like that. Would you be interested? We'll pay your flight down yeah. and we'll give you a couple shekels because we know you're hurting right now. Shekels. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. So poor, poor Matt Damon. Uh, <laughs> so um, that Oppenheimer thing really didn't work out for you, apparently. Uh, Oof, but uh, yeah. actually, I thought he was very good in it. But um Anyway, uh, now's the time to maybe grab some talent and do some films. What do you think? Yeah, I actually agree 100%. I think a strike can be um, beneficial to many if utilized wisely without 
crossing the picket line. Uh, I know some people are um, not uh, fans of the SAG interim agreement. I am changing my mind daily, but I think overall I kind of like that. I like the idea that yeah, there are struck companies. People are saying, you know, if you're, but if if they know that the material is coming, they know that down the line they will make the money, but they will not make back the money. They'll certainly not make make back the money by the end of the quarter for their quarterly reviews and their quarterly reports. So if this is an opportunity for SAG people to work under the interim agreement and potentially contribute to emerging filmmakers, I think that's great. I have multiple friends who are taking, I don't want to say taking advantage because again, that it sounds negative. I have multiple friends who are working right now on productions under these agreements. Also worth remembering that a lot of the writers, independent writers are not members of the WGA. So there's also a chance to get name talent to portray characters in work that is not WGA related. Um, I'm hoping that by the time you release this episode, we will see a major progress, at least with the WGA. Um, the pressure will be on no matter what, because if SAG is still striking, the industry is still shut down. Mm -hmm. Sure, we can pitch things and option things, but things are stalled, so it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like going back to what we said earlier, if you are producing something now and you're doing it in a legit way, and for that call seg after to make sure you're doing it in a legit way, definitely ask because you never know, never especially know. now, you know? I think that's the great words to live by. And I always feel like this podcast has an educational component to it. So I think that's the takeaway for emerging and also established filmmakers and any kind yeah. of theater maker. It's, it's transferable across the board theater makers, you know speaking of theater you know yeah. a lot of act, a lot of seg actors are like they're doing theater right now because a lot of name actors are doing theater right now because theater they can do so if you're a playwright and you have like a short engagement for a few weeks maybe hit that person up or rather their gatekeeper of an agent yeah. but you know i think there's a lot of like there's a theater company in new york doing love letters the air gurney play which it's a super low engagement because you read the script that you don't have to memorize anything mm -hmm. and they're doing it with multiple casts of famous people right now. And so you're getting smart. that whole like, yeah, yeah. It, it is smart. Uh, and so, but yeah, if you can capitalize on that, cause yeah, it's the same kind of thing I'm saying earlier. It's like usually people are tied up and for theater is a very lengthy rehearsal process yeah. and usually runs or, you know, five weeks or so. So it's, and I it ties say, people up. Yeah. And I will say actors should utilize this opportunity if they can, um, writers who wrote or sold something ahead of the strike, because I can tell you this, uh, uh, the WJ made it very clear that even if you're a non-union and I'm a non-union, uh, I'm, I'm a non-union writer, even if you're a non-union, but you're optioning something at the moment or, or doing some sort of a shopping agreement with a company that struck, they will never ever let you join the union. When I first read it, I thought it was harsh. And five minutes later, I realized exactly what they do it. Because, of course, if, if these companies can just go to non-union talent, there's enough of, of talented non-union people. There are. Um, the strike will have no meaning and no weight whatsoever. No. So I understand that. Uh, I will say potentially right now it is blocking me from certain things that are also in the pipe. Yeah. Um, with, but I totally understand why it's done. So I'm saying... At least if you're an actor, you have a little bit of a breathing room to find some work. So try and do that. And if you are a non-union writer, do not cross the picket line because that sucks. But keep writing. But keep writing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ken, for being here today on In What Artworks On Air. Is there anything else to talk about we haven't touched on? 
I don't know. You tell me. We could talk about a million things. We did. We, well, I thought we, we, yeah. hit, we hit everything really well. Wonderful. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad to hear we have another film in the pipeline, and hopefully we'll see it at the Inwood Film Festival. I hope so, too. Awesome. Well, once again, thanks to Hian Drachman for coming here and being our guest on this Artist Spotlight edition of Inwood Artworks On Air. Before we leave, where can we send people to find more about your work? Uh, www.myname.com. So, I mean, I will spell it out because no one can ever handle it. It's C H E N. D-R-A-C-H-M-A-N. There you got it, folks. You have your marching orders. Go <laughs> find her. Uh, so once again, thanks for being our guest here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you it. for having me. You bet. Um, so this is In What Artworks On Air. It's where I meet the musicians, writers, theater makers, filmmakers, and artists of all stripes that make their home here in northern Manhattan. If you have a moment right now, please show us some love and Rate this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. Also, uh, many thanks here to the Holy Trinity Church for hosting us in Inwood and also to HighTice.com for Uptown promotional support. And you can support On Air and all that we do by making a tax-free donation at InwoodArtworks.nyc backslash donate or via Venmo at InwoodArtworks. We greatly appreciate it. Follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks, Alfresco, pop-up art galleries, live performances, and so much more. Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. And Inwood Artworks programming is made possible by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the Office of the Governor and the New York State Legislature. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.